1: Thank you for your support. Welcome to the human capital innovations podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dan Harris about quantifying human capital and maximizing your employees experience. Dr. Dan Harrison, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from Thailand. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about quantifying human capital and maximizing your employees' experience. Fascinating topic, and I'm super thrilled to be able to explore this with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Dan's bio with everybody. Dr. Dan Harrison is the founder and CEO of Harrison Assessments. The company's award-winning cloud-based technology provides secure, job-specific predictive analytics, that enhance the candidate and employee experience. Its assessment science and technology saves HR professionals and managers time and money while enabling them to hire and onboard the best candidates, target individual and team development needs, identify high potentials, and analyze engagement and employee satisfaction. Uh, That's fantastic, and I imagine you can tell us more about this, but uh, for now, if you wouldn't mind telling us just a little bit more about your, your personal background, your personal context, and then we'll dive on into the conversation.
0: Originally, my background is in mathematics and uh, then got into studying uh, human potential psychology. Uh, that's been my passion and uh, found out later that it applied really well to organizations because uh, that's where people can really excel with their uh, potential.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and that's really what this podcast is all about. Uh, we want to help organizational leaders better understand how they can maximize their own potential and influence over their teams and organizations and thereby help maximize the potential of their people. And one of the first things you need to do in order to be able to do that is to better understand the metrics behind human capital and the metrics behind behavior and performance uh, so that you can help support your people in in the best ways and get the most out of your people in a sustainable way. So these are the things we'll be discussing as we really dive on in. Uh, Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit more specifically about how Harrison Assessments measures human capital?
0: Well, we look at it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, We look at human capital from the viewpoint of the individual. So the first thing we want to know is what do they like doing? What's important to them? What do they want from employment? uh what what are their key factors we look at 20 different factors related to what people want from in, the employment relationship and in addition to that we look at 150 traits uh that that look at you know wh- the things they like doing their tendencies so we can get a better understanding of their natural behaviors and and basically what what they're looking for uh in the employment situation
1: yeah, and then with those 150 traits, uh, if you can explain a little bit about what it looks like in terms of how uh, that's utilized within organizations, within teams to do these assessments.
0: Yeah, well, generally assessments, you know, use a much more general set of traits. And uh, and the problem with that is it, it doesn't give you enough granularity to really look at 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 what's really important to the person. So you need a pretty large set of traits to be able to determine um, their job fit. In other words, are they fit for the job? Do they have the motivation? So if we talk about, you know, getting engagement or motivation in the job, the the first thing you have to do is to see, does does the person have any passion for the job at all? (laughs) Is there a fit for the job? Uh, do the interpersonal relationships fit the person's natural tendencies? Do the tasks in, involve what the person is naturally driven to? Uh, do they have any interest in the subject of the job at all? <laughs> those are things that are pretty critical. And uh, if you're thinking about trying to get employees engaged and you don't deal with those things, you're not going to get too far. Um, so that's, that's the first uh, first hurdle to to look at and overcome. Uh, following that, you can look at a whole host of leadership skills and competencies related to those different traits. If you have enough traits, you can formulate them into pretty much any competency that you can think of, and that will then tell you uh, whether that's going to wh- wh- how the person is going to fare with that uh, specific competency. And uh, so, yeah, we we like to take a very broad picture of the person, uh, a deeper a deeper dive of the person, understand the person's behavior. We look at paradox behaviors, so uh, we don't so much look at individual behaviors for strengths because a person's an individual behavior can be a weakness as much as it is a strength. And it, whether it's a weakness or not depends on whether it has a paradoxical pair that supports it. So, for example, the person tends to be really uh, frank and direct. Uh, the pair that we would look for for that would be diplomacy or respectful communication, and that would tell us whether the person, whether their frankness is going to be a positive thing or whether the frankness is going to be a negative thing. If they're missing the diplomacy, it's going to be blunt. They're going to be blunt, right? And but if you flip it around and they've got a lot of diplomacy and not much frankness, then they're going to tend to be evasive. Right. So we're always looking at characteristics in the context of their paradoxical pair. And that really helps to have a much deeper understanding of the person and, uh, 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 and not just these sort of superficial ideas of traits. Well, they're highly motivated, but they may be highly motivated, but if they don't have enough people orientation, uh, that's deadly. Uh, And they're going to create a lot more problems than they are, you know, hell Um, just things like that. (laughs) That are really, really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's very true. And especially because most people aren't working in silos, they're working in teams and interconnected teams. Um, and, and so you need people who can both be highly driven and motivated to do their own work, but that they have to be able to cooperate in meaningful ways with those around them and they have to be able to do that effectively. Uh, so Yeah. yeah, all, all that makes perfect sense. and, and, Sounds like it's a it's a layer of nuance that isn't commonly there in some of the other types of assessments that I've seen. Uh, so I yeah. think that's wonderful, and the fact that you're it sounds like you're personalizing this uh, yes. to the different organizational settings and the different leadership roles and, and organizational roles that people might be a part of as they're doing Correct. this assessment. Correct. Right. Yeah. That's well, exactly right. Can you tell us a little bit more about how this layers over the top of employee experience? So, as you do these assessments, as you start to quantify human capital, you start to better understand from the individual level um, where people are at. What does that then mean for employee experience? And how can leaders leverage this data to enhance and improve employee experience?
0: If you think about the employee experience, the first thing you have to really get is they're having a business relationship. They're in employment is really a business relationship. They're they're there to get something they want out of that relationship, and that can vary. In fact, we we measure twenty different factors that relate to that. So you know, oftentimes in organizations we say, well, you know, we'll give people more of this, or we think this is a good thing, or that's a bad thing, but Unless it's individualized, you're shooting in the dark um, because you need to understand that person. you need to understand what they want from employment what's important to them you know do is you know development opportunities a key thing that's a popular one, but it may not be that a lot of people want uh you know more autonomy or, or they want uh they want to have uh y- y- you know their opinions valued or you know, a whole host of things like that, um, that that people want that's quite different. And people put much different emphasis on those things. And so understanding what that person wants is the key to really understanding what how you can have a good business relationship and how you can create a great employee experience. Because what's their experience? Their experience really is, comes down to Am I getting what I want out of this employment relationship, right? That's their experience, right? It, it, you can give them a few crumbs and a few cookies here and there and, a, you know, a, a, a few pats on the back or whatever, but the truth is, you know, you need to understand what does that person want? What's important to them? And then you need to then look at how you can support them to do that and a lot of people don't understand how to fulfill their own expectations or their, their own goals for employment, and that's really important. So we have a part of our program is like helping people to understand, well, how do you, for example, ask for a raise? Or what what are the characteristics in yourself that will make your opinions valued or not valued, right? And what are the behaviors do you have that make your opinions valued or, or not valued? What are the behaviors that you have that will make you um, more... So, um uh more likely to be promoted or to have advancement or to get pay increases and things like that. So, you know, we get people to do a deep dig- deep dive into themselves as well in relationship to their own employment goals. So from my point of view, engagement is not a uh, is is not the responsibility of the manager. It's the responsibility of the individual because they're the person that's going to be engaged. The manager can be a facilitator or support you into engagement, but engagement it means that it's coming from within you. (laughs) That's my very definition. It's coming from within you, and so you got to get people make sure they're in the right job. But you got to secondarily make sure that they're getting what they want out of employment, or at least in in the process of getting what they want out of employment. And that's, in my view, what creates a great employment experience. So for example, in my company, we look at th- those issues. We look at what people want. And we have very, very low turnover. I mean, ridiculously low, like, you know, 1%. Uh, you know, very, very low. And the reason is because I don't think of people as human capital. I think of people as a business relationship. I think of people as they come to me, and they want to have an employment with me, and they want to work with me, and they want to get something out of it, and I need to find out what that is, and we need to then keep checking, well, how am I performing for you? How are you performing for me? Just like you would in any business relationship. And that's, it's that mindset that really helps you to retain people. And it's that mindset that really helps you to create a great employee experience because what's their experience? The primary experience they want is somebody that cares about what they want, right? <laughs> somebody that actually cares about the relationship with them. That's, that, that's the, whole, the fundamental thing that people are looking for with an employee experience. And so yeah, you can only really deliver that if you have the consciousness and the mindset to really look deeply at that issue. And to treat their concerns as important as your own. You know, we say, well, this is what we expect from employees. We want them to do this. We want them to produce that. Well, what do they want, right? And if we turn the relationship around and look at it as a mutual relationship, now we're going to really get somewhere. Because we're going to build a long-term relationship. People are going to want to stay with you. They're going to have a great employee experience. And it's a totally different concept of saying, well, we'll give you a few a few cookies here and there a few little goodies here and we're going to create this employer experience we will be nice to you about this or we're going to make a gym or we're going to do whatever for you it's, it's a totally different mindset right and we may do some of those things as well but the but we want to understand well okay if you want recognition how what does that look like for you what kind of recognition do you want does that take the form of you, you know uh regular meetings uh, you having your opinions valued So there's so many nuances to the to this issue, but it really comes down to having a relationship with which is a mutual interaction where you're respecting people as individuals, not as so-called human capital or your, you know, your cogs in your wheel Uh, that they're there for a reason. You have them there for a reason. Let's work out those two reasons together and see, see what we can do.
1: Yeah, and the mutual accountability, uh, and just showing people respect and and developing that trust with your people—that's key. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad that you you called out the the way that often human capital gets interpreted. Like, there, there, I believe the term has baggage. um, It has good connotations, has negative connotations. One of the connotations I like about the the term human capital uh, is if we think about all the various forms of capital within a business that are utilized Mm to to achieve the strategic purposes of the business, we think about the financial capital, plant, property, equipment, uh, et cetera, all the different forms of capital. Um, We are not hesitant to invest in those forms of capital, to maintain those forms of capital, to Mm -hmm. secure those forms of capital, all those sorts of things. And yet, for some reason, the human capital is one that often is is the one that we neglect. It's the one that we're not willing to invest in. It's the one that we're not willing to really... um, uh, make sh- sure that it's maintained. Um, right. and so I think that's ironic. And so uh, for that reason, I really like the, the term human capital, but on the other side, it's, it can be easy then to start to see people as, Oh, you're just a cog in the machine. You're just, you know, not an individual person. And that's certainly right. not what I want, uh, for any organization or for any leader, for any individual within an organization. And so what you're expressing, I think is, is spot on. Um, yeah. the other piece is unless, unless we create that mutual accountability and trust, uh, we're going to really struggle to help people have a good employee experience overall, and the organization, frankly, is going to struggle in a lot of ways in relation to its people. Uh, so that is essential. I wanted to also just share one quick example because everyone's needs are different, um, and they change over time. So it's not enough for when you're yes. like hiring someone and onboarding them to say, what do you need? What do you want? You know, what is a a really great employment experience look like for you? That's great. Those are good questions to ask. But if you only ask them at like one point in time, that shifts. That really can shift over time based on life stage, based on career stage, based on a whole bunch of different personal um, circumstances and factors. Uh, And so we need to regularly have those conversations. And as you were describing that, I couldn't help but think about one personal example uh, from my own family. Now, listeners of the podcast know I'm a professor. I've been uh, at my home university. Uh, here in Utah now for uh, over 14 years. Uh, my wife also has a doctorate, and she has been uh, in a part-time capacity for about 12 years uh, here. And and she loves it, and it's been a good, uh, flexible arrangement for her as we've you know, have been raising our family. And it, it's, it's served her well for a long time. Uh, but in recent years, she's really decided she wants to move into a full-time faculty role. She wants to um, do that. And our kids are getting older and, and that's, that's certainly possible. Um, and so I know for me over the last few years, the number one thing that I have wanted to feel valued at the organization and the university to, to feel appreciated to, you know, all those things that you're talking about, the number one thing is I want an opportunity for my wife to have a full-time position <laughs> at the university. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, honestly, honestly, nothing else really matters all that much. I have a uh-huh. good situation and I'm tenured, blah, 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 all those things. That's fine. I'm in good shape. Um, I want that for her. And she's very qualified, very capable. She has a long track record, very experienced, excellent um, teacher, etc. Um, And so it's not like the university would be getting saddled with some um s- some spouse who who isn't very good at their job but they're just doing it for the their other employee she would be a, a right. huge win for the for the university and it's right. it's been a sticking point for me for uh, a few years now to the point where I've been actively looking uh for other professor positions at other universities simply for mm-hmm. this reason because it right. doesn't seem like there's been an opportunity for her here Um, until just recently, until literally within the last couple of months, it sounds, it seems like I have, I have a new Dean, uh, who seems willing to explore, um, you know, this desire and, and it looks like things are going to work out to where, you know, my wife and I will both be here full time. And frankly, I'm stopping looking. I'm not going to look anymore. Like I'm happy to be here (laughs) and contribute. And and it, it's a small thing. It's a win-win, uh, certainly good for me and for my family and for my wife, but it's going to be good for the university. And that's just one example. And there are, are a gazillion examples of the different, very specific things that people might need or want in order to want to continue to stay at the organization, to continue to be fully engaged and invest in the organization. Um, now, my situation is a little bit unique. Higher ed, it's a little bit different than a lot of places, etc. But what I want to drive home is that you need to know your people. You need to listen to your people. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. people who are otherwise very happy in their jobs, very satisfied, very engaged, very productive, they may still leave because the one thing that they really need isn't possible. And so they're going to go look for it somewhere else.
0: One of the most important things to do that I found is to make people feel comfortable to have those conversations. So, for example, a lot of people, uh, you know, employees w- are would be very uncomfortable having conversation about, you know, their advancement possibilities in the organization, for example. And but it's a great conversation because it it just starts to bring some clarity. You know, about, OK, what, what do you want? Where are you going? What are you looking for? What would be appropriate? How would you tend to fit that? And what do you need to do to develop that would make that possible? Um, and w- whereas, you know, this tends to be sort of, you know, people are shy about it or, or even people say, well, look, I want to be able to earn, you know, X amount of money. It's like, well, OK, Let's talk about what's possible that you could do that in in this organization, and what you'd have to do, and in what kinds of positions we'd have that would make that viable, and uh, and that becomes a great discussion and potentially very motivating that the person would then say, "Okay, now I can start moving in that direction," and that stops them from saying, "Okay, I'm going to go look for some somewhere else," or "I think this is you know green." past your, you know, somewhere else where someone else is going to offer this to me. And it's like, and we can just have an offer, uh, honest conversation and say, well, look, th- this is what I, I can do for you now. And or are these the, these the possibilities within our organization? And uh, let's talk about how each of those would work for you and what, what that would look like and what you'd have to do in order to, you know, bring that to a reality. So in other words, Instead of having a discussion every year, you know, where I'm evaluating your performance, right, I prefer a discussion whether about how we're meeting each other's mutual needs, you know. And I can then say, okay, uh, you know, this is what I would need from, from you. You, you want to have, you know, continued pay increases. Well, this is what you're going to need to do in order to do that. Um, and that makes the conversation very real and very mutual, um, rather than I'm evaluating you as at your performance is like, well, what good is that actually? You know, uh, And it, it's much more effective to look at the relationship rather than, OK, I'm evaluating you as a person. No, I'm going to, we're, we're going to work together to evaluate what we can do to both get what we want out of the relationship.
1: Well, Dan, uh, this has just been a really great conversation. I, I'm sure we could provide a whole bunch of additional examples, but maybe as we start to wrap things up for today, um, can you talk us through what this all means for the bottom line of an organization? So we assess our human capital. Hopefully, we utilize that data to improve the employee experience. Why do all of that though? Um, you know, is this it, you know often HR is just seen as a cost center for organizations? Are we just dumping more money into, you know, a lost cause, and these people are just going to leave anyways, and why invest in them? Um, what What's the the business case for all of this? What's the financial benefit of, of these sorts of investments?
0: Well, I don't think you have to think too far about, you know, what it means to have, you know, the vast majority of your employees fully engaged, uh, and what, what that do do for your organization financially. It's pretty straightforward uh so it just it just really ups the engagement of your of your employees which obviously that's going to drive your returns in terms of the organization uh it involves you know you you end up creating a lot of teamwork i mean the very skills that you're sort of demonstrating by having these kinds of conversations they're the exact skills that you need that people need to have in order to work well in teams, to collaborate with each other, those are the exact skills that people need uh, to do that. And so, just just by modeling that and demonstrating that, you're creating a situation that uh, you, you're you're basically creating on-the-job training. <laughs> so you're you're creating, you know, a whole series of trainings for emotional intelligence just by the interaction. That you're having with people, um, so that, that it goes a long way in terms of getting what people want. But you know, at the end of the day, people are only going to be motivated to you know produce and do well when it's to their advantage, and you know when they feel like, oh, okay, I'm really getting something out of that, and that that's what's going to drive people to really be productive and and you know deliver for you. Um, and I, I can say, you know, in our team. I'd I, I hardly have anybody who's not really fully engaged. I mean, very, very few people, and that's not the case in, in most organizations. You know, you got a, you got a a third at best that are engaged. You know, a, another third that are, you know, partially engaged, and another third that are disengaged. You know, uh, is very often the case, uh, and you know that's that's not where you want to be. So, and that's certainly not going to help the yeah. organization. Yeah.
1: yeah. There are so many um, reasons why this makes good sense for organizations. And as I mentioned a a few minutes back when I was talking about human capital, we we need to reinvest in and maintain our human capital just like we need to any other form of capital. Uh, That does take time and attention. It takes money. But if I had a big piece of equipment that was essential to the product or service that my company provided, and I didn't do regular maintenance on that big piece of equipment, what would happen Mm. to it? It would break down and then I wouldn't be able to produce what I need to produce to add value to the market. And the same thing with our human capital, we need to invest in them, we need to maintain those relationships, we need to foster, you know, a great environment. Uh, you know, it increases productivity, in- increases creativity and innovation. Uh, it reduces turnover costs, which are huge for most organizations. Yeah. Um, all of for all of those reasons, it makes a whole lot of financial sense to do this. Um, but let's also not forget that the just like there's a business case, there's a human case for this. Uh, It's the right Mm -hmm. thing to do. It's the right thing to treat people with dignity and respect, to treat them well. And when you do that, people tend to reciprocate and they're going to treat you well and they're going to do great things for your organization, which is going to help your organization succeed. This has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. Sure.
0: Uh, Well, you can connect with us, uh, harrisonassessments.com, and uh, uh, that's our website. Uh, You can connect with us through the website and uh, see all the different applications that we have on the website. Um, Yeah, my final word basically is, uh, you know, if if you apply some of these skills that we're talking about and you apply and think of people as your business partner and your business relationship, and they're going to they and what they're going to get out of the relationship that's where your real value is and like, and like you just said it it's the right thing to do because first of all it benefits the it benefits those people directly they end up then applying those same things to their own family to their own life and there's this sort of trickle effect that happens you know where where you build a certain type of interaction and people say oh you know what, I can really talk with somebody that and where I don't agree with what they're saying, but I can really work out and and have a conversation and understand what 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 they're saying. You know, there's I've got the skills to deal with somebody when I disagree or when I'm critical. I've got the skills to deal with that in a way that's constructive and positive and that builds the relationship. And those things are very powerful that drive people all the way through their family relationships and and it is not just the business relationship and to me that's the that's the most exciting part about it is that you're you're doing something that's really a positive thing for society uh it's, it's not just okay we're we're having a great business well that that's great too we love to have a great business but and at the end of the day what we're going to really feel good about is what was our impact that we had on on human society and uh, and 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 how, how how did that you know help people and what was the trickle down effect from that? that that's what we're going to really feel good about. So, uh, yeah. and having a great business is fantastic, but
1: <laughs> that,
0: yeah. That, yeah. That, that's the thing you can take uh, uh, to the grave.
1: <laughs> yeah, well said, Dan. This has been a great conversation. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Dan can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.